Motorsport 411 presents all the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cardavillis. Welcome to Motorsport 411. Your home for all your four and two-wheel action in Africa. Coming up in the final episode of 2022, tragedy hits local motorsport with the passing away of Asad Kalulu Khan and Jim Heather Hayes. And we'll have a recap of the Mini Classic Rally and the CAC Regional Motocross. All the four and two-wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome to the show. So as we've mentioned, the tragedy has hit local motorsport with the passing away of Asa Kalulu Khan and Jim Heather Hayes. Kalulu, as he was known in motorsport circles, was a well-known rally driver and was also part of the FIA Young Stars team, where he was heavily involved in the background. On behalf of Motorsport 411, we pass our condolences to the family and friends of Kalulu. Now, Jim Heather Hayes was a regular at local and international motorsports events from the 1970s until the recently concluded Mini Classic Rally. Ivan Smith is a local motorsport legend and was a close friend of Jim. Ivan, thank you very much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Uh, for those that don't really know you, uh, you're very well known in motorsport circles. Uh, please tell us about your career. Um Basically, I started off on motorcycles many, many years ago um, and won three of the championships there. Um, we're going back in the 70s, in, in the 70s now. Um, we raced in Uganda and things like that. And then I moved over to um, rallying. Uh, my main uh, rally driver was Robin Elliott. He rested in peace. Um, and I was involved with uh, Toyota Team Europe with Bjorn Wolfgaard's chaser car. I actually competed in seven of what we would call proper safari rallies um, and then did about um, six years as chase car for Bjorn Wolfgaard and people like that. Um, I was involved with Shekometa, we went off to Ivory Coast together and then to Egypt, etc. So um, I've been around in motorsport for a long time, uh, especially with my uh, brother-in-law, Frank Trundo, um, and his lot as well. Incredible. Now, tell us about your relationship with Jim Heather Hayes. Jim and I go back an awful long time. Um, I was thinking about this, and it goes back to his father's day when we used to race uh, cars and motorbikes around a track in Nakuru commonly known as the Nakura Racetrack. Um, and Jim's father, who was also Jim, um, brought out a very small uh, Lotus 15 in those days, which was extremely fast. Problem was that it had what they call a sequential gearbox, which wasn't developed in those days. And he continuously had gearbox problems. But that's where I first came across, shall we say, Jim, um, the, the current Jim. All right. In terms of Jim's uh, knowledge, he's pretty much a legend in terms of uh, particularly mechanics. Uh, can you can you tell us more about that? Well, as you probably know, Jim was start, uh, went over and started off with uh, AMREF and flying uh, flying airplanes, repairing airplanes mechanically. 
Um, but that's probably not what you're keen on. Jim was probably one of the finest um, engineer mechanics, whatever you'd like to call it, um, in the motor sport business. He was very, very knowledgeable. He um, never let you down when you went to see him. He was always, always had time for you. Um, and things like, I remember Jim driving a little Nissan Micro, which was a tiny little car in one of the safari rallies. Um, and it was quite amazing how he ever fitted into that little car. Uh, unfortunately, um, it wasn't uh, his fault, but the front wheel came off somewhere around, um, I think it was near Voy in the Thistle Plantations or somewhere like that. Um, but that's one of my recommendations, recollections of Jim. The other was with, he drove a big um, Mercedes-Benz 450 SL, which belonged to Matteo Carvas, in one of our classic rallies. Um, that was much more the right size of car for Jim. Uh, he drove it very, very well. It was an automatic and halfway through, he lost so many gears and eventually managed to finish on about two gears, two gears left in the gearbox. I guess one of the things about Jim, and that's what people will remember, is right up to the end, uh, he was heavily invested in motorsport. It was his life. Um, uh, sort of the last, probably last six, seven, eight years, probably. That's all he did was prepare rally cars for people look after people, servicing people. Um, and, uh, you know, that was, as I say, that was his life. And he was very good at it. How would you like people to remember Jim? How will you remember Jim? As a very knowledgeable person and a very great friend. Ivan, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. I know it's quite difficult for you, but we really appreciate it, Ivan. Okay, and we're all thinking of Trisha in this, in this instance and all his other friends that will be doing the same. That's local motorsport legend Ivan Smith. We'll be back. All the four and two wheeled action. Motorsport 411. So, welcome back to the show. So the Mini Classic Safari Rally is done and dusted and we look forward to the main Classic Rally in December 2023. After three days of tough competition in the Nakuru and Eldoret areas, Raymond Voss from the Netherlands won the event ahead of Raji Barrage and Jeff Bell. Onka Kelsey is the clerk of the course for the Mini Classic. Onka, thank you very much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Uh, the Classic is done and dusted. Uh, it's your first time as clerk of the course. Uh, how did it go for you personally? Uh, the rally went really well. We had no uh, major incidents. Uh, you know, I think uh, the best rally is always a safe rally. Uh, and it was, yeah, it was good. The rally went well. It was very, very competitive up at the top. And it was just nice to have rally cars up in the hills of... Uh, of the, well, the Cherenganis and the Aldama Ravine area after a very long time. 
All right, we'll go to that uh, because the scenery and, you know, those routes are just so spectacular. Uh, just tell us, first of all, about uh, at the end of the rally, uh, the incident involving uh, Pierce Dakin and Boldev Chaga uh, with them being penalised. Uh, so Piers and Baldy wrong slotted on the second last stage of the rally, and they were and the stewards penalised them initially with a with a uh, exclusion, but that was later reversed to a five hour penalty. So uh, quite quite a big blow because it cost both of them the lead, or uh, or Baldy would have actually won the rally if it wasn't for that. All right, and let's go on to the route itself. Uh, just tell us why you chose that area. So it's actually the Eldress, the hometown of our chairman, and he had requested he had requested us to actually have uh, the mini classic up on on the roads he grew up on driving. And when you were going around the routes, uh, you know, you were looking around uh, those, of course, some of the most famous routes of safari rallies of years gone by. Uh, just tell us how well you knew the area. I mean, I had a general overview of the area, but the particulars, I had to ask my dad a lot because he rallied in those roads in the 70s and the 80s. I really asked him about the roads, and but but roads, a lot more roads have come up in the area, and it was initially very, very difficult to get roads that are suitable for the rally, and it was really, really rough when I went up the first. The first recce I did, it was really, really rough. Uh, a lot of the roads were later graded, and it was still a fairly rough rally, actually. Uh, but I think the biggest problem is that part of the country is becoming very, very busy, and non non rally traffic is, is is a lot on those roads now. So it's becoming more and more difficult to rally on that side now. How difficult is it to manage a classic rally, uh, knowing that conditions have changed so much uh, from the years gone by? Uh, you know, I think one misconception is that classic rally cars are slow. That is not true. Classic rally cars are so, so fast. So our safety has to be on par with any any other event. And it is very, very difficult. Given the length of the stages and given the amount of villages you end up going through, it is, it is really an uphill task to try and manage open road rallying now. And the eternal question, and you were involved, you were the clerk of the course uh, for the Guru Nanak rally. And then, of course, with this one, uh, you saw with the Guru Nanak rally, uh, just 12 entries. But then uh, classic rallying appears to be as popular as ever. Uh, you know, Sean, history, history has often shown that this is, is a cycle that rallying goes through. And uh, I think the KNRC is, I think the wheel of the cycle is at the bottom at the moment. And it only get better. There's a task force in place to help implement some changes. And I'm sure next year will be better than the, than the, than the season gone. Uh, classic rally cars, you know, when someone invests in a classic car, you can't really have it standing. So someone who's put, put in, you know, something like $100,000, $120,000 in a car, you don't really leave it standing. As soon as a rally comes up, you, you actually drive. And because classics are so few and far in between, yeah, I think uh, I think that's why you have so many entries in a in in a classic. What unique challenges have you had in putting this together? You know, classic rally is so different to an ordinary rally. Uh, you know, a KNRC event uh, just one day, uh, the mini classic over three days, and then you've got the main classic uh, in December next year. You know, that's going to be uh, over a week. So I've always been a, a very very big fan of the safari rally of the old safari rally. So I think for me, it was uh, it was more a crime of passion than anything. 
And it wasn't that difficult in terms of motivation, etc. But in terms of finding roads was very, very difficult. It was really, really difficult to find roads that were suitable for the rally. Uh, but in terms of in terms of putting the rally together, I had a very, very good team with me who were who were fantastic. Yeah. Of course, the challenges on our roads, uh, you know, the border borders, uh, matatus, uh, pedestrians as well. Uh, how do you deal with that? We just go around putting out flyers. We talk to the to the you know to the local people in their villages. We talk to the the chiefs. It, it really involves a lot of uh, a lot of time on a recce that you're not doing notes. You're actually talking to a lot of the people to tell them you know this day at this time expect rally cars. All right. Just finally, of course, uh, you got a mix of the old route, uh, the new route, uh, thousand plus kilometers. Uh, what, what, what do you enjoy about classic rallies? Uh, what, what's unique about classic rallies? You know, it reminds us of uh, of the age old safari, of the days gone by, the service on the road, the the, the old cars with the sound. If you hear the sound of a of an old rally car or a maybe an Escort or a or a Datsun two forty Z. These cars sound fantastic. Yeah, I tell you, it's uh, it's it's uh, it's one of the best best things ever. All right, our thanks very much, Uncle Kelsey, who was the clerk of the course for the Mini Classic Rally. Uh, thank you very much, and happy holidays uh, to you and your family. Thank you, Sean. You too. That's the clerk of the course for the Mini Classic, Uncle Kelsey. We'll be back. All the four and two wheeled action. Motorsport 411. Welcome back. Now, motorcycling has been in the headlines for all the right reasons with the creation of the Motorcycle Sports Federation of Kenya. Renzo Bernardi is the president. Renzo, uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport uh, 411. Uh, you're the president of the new federation. Uh, just, just tell us, first of all, the planning that went into this uh, leading up to the launch. Yes. Um, so uh, a few years ago, when the new Sports Act came out in Kenya, and it was a requirement that all sporting activities be run under properly registered federations, we began the process of registering the Motorcycle Sports Federation of Kenya in order to be able to have a proper body that would then manage all motorcycle activities in the country. And that's taken about two to three years to, to do uh, completely and properly as the government required. And with that, we have also now finally got recognition from the FIM, which is the International Motorcycle Sports Federation. So we are the, the, the properly registered federation in Kenya for them as well. Now, of course, uh, with the government uh, a few years ago with the Sports Act, um, it was quite important, uh, you know, that you align everything two wheels uh, into one umbrella body. Yes, that's correct. And therefore, uh, the members of the federation are basically the motorsports clubs that run the events themselves, because the federation does not run events. It's the clubs that do that on behalf of the federation. So we started off with initially three members, East African Motorsports Club, Rift Valley Motorsports Club and the Alfa Romeo Owners Club. And of course, that has now grown because we have new um, entities that have joined the federation, which are the Private Bikers Association, the Superbike Bikers, 
and uh, of course also the Vintage and Classic Car Club, which is the um, club that does most of the Enduro events in the country. So it's definitely grown and we are very excited about it. Uh, it's important whoever's joining is official. Uh, we saw, um, I think it was last year or the year before, uh, issues with the superbikes in terms of trying to regulate, uh, you know, the, 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 the clubs, so to speak. Uh, well, what's the latest on that? Well, the, the, what we're trying to do is to, is to uh, come up with a series of uh, rules and regulations which hopefully will regulate that kind of sport. But like I said, you know, all um, prop competitions must be run under the, under the Motorcycle Sports Federation and therefore we can have, you know, proper rules and regulations. Safety is a paramount concern, especially in closed circuit racing and uh, this is really our aim and that is the way we're going to go forward. With recognition, official recognition from the FIM, uh, what does that entail now? Well, that entails that, you know, now we, we are running um, all events according to their rules and regulations. Of course, sometimes we have to adapt them to the local conditions, but that at least gives us, uh, let's say, an international um, mode of running things, which is the same for everybody. So when our competitors also go overseas for events, you know, they, they are well aware of what the rules and regulations are, and this is a big advantage. Um, when you, you talk about the FIM, uh, you talk about uh, it being official, um, do, do you also get funding uh, from the FIM? Or what, what, what happens uh, in terms of the local body? Yeah, the, uh, the Federation uh, can request for funding for specific projects, which we have done. And in fact, last year we obtained funding for the new timing system for motocross and enduro events, which was a very big plus, And uh, we are extremely happy with that. And of course, the, the FIM is, is, is really the body whereby, you know, we can get uh, funding from, especially going forwards, we are looking at uh, women in motorcycling and the electric bikes as well. So I'm pretty sure that in the future, you know, we will get support on that as well. For the layperson, uh, they would have no idea. They would think everything falls under the Kenya Motorsports Federation. Uh, but that's not the case because even internationally, you've got the FIA and the FIM. That is correct. So motorcycling activities, two wheels, uh, all falls under the FIM internationally. And in Kenya now, everything falls under the Motorcycle Sports Federation of Kenya. So this is a completely separate entity, entity from the Kenya Motorsports Federation, which regulates, of course, uh, vehicle racing. How big is it uh, for two-wheeled events? Uh, we've seen with four-wheels events uh, how everything has blown up uh, in the last couple of years. We've got the WRC, we've got the East Africa Classic. Uh, you know, there's, there's all kinds of big names now involved uh, from internationally uh, for two wheels uh, do you think you can have international events here now any plans uh, from your end yes i think definitely i mean already we have run what is called the uh, motocross of nations in africa twice in kenya we are running specifically the uh, central africa challenge which is a challenge between kenya uganda and tanzania But of course we have plans, especially for, let's say, r rally uh, raid racing, which is similar to Dakar racing. And we're looking at uh, putting up an event next year in northern Kenya, which of course is ideal terrain for these kind of events. And I'm sure the FIM are going to be extremely happy if we, are, if we can manage to do that and they will give us full support. 
I guess for you also a big plus with it being now official in terms of you being recognized by the body, um, it's easier in terms of sponsorship? Well, yes, we hope so. And uh, we, are, we have got a, a sec- uh, now a proper committee which is now going to be responsible for sponsorships. And that is our idea is to now go out and seek sponsorship for these kind of events. So we certainly hope so. Renzo, uh, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Thank you so much. That's the president of the newly created Motorcycle Sport Federation of Kenya, Renzo Bernardi. Now, motocross was held at Jamhuri Park over the weekend of Jamhuri Day, the CAC regional event between Kenya, Uganda and Tanzania. Now Uganda won the overall title after winning the first leg comprehensively in April. Mutai Warithi is not only the chairman of the East African Motorsports Club, but was the event director for the CAC Regional Motocross. Mutai, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. You're the event director. You must be pleased with how things went this weekend. Yes, things were very good this weekend. We were hosting the Ugandans and one Tanzanian rider and everything went as per plan. We had a big crowd turnout and I think it's one of the best events since uh, COVID because the last event we had like this was 2019 just before the COVID started. Yeah. From an organizational point of view, uh, any hiccups or any challenges you faced this weekend? No, there were no challenges. Uh, there were no hiccups. Uh, we just had a few one or two accidents, but there was nothing major, just uh, tissue bru- bruises. But otherwise the event went on very well. It was always going to be a challenge uh, to live up to Uganda. You know, Uganda always get the crowds. Uh, but from your point of view, it wasn't too bad uh, this weekend. Uh, this weekend was quite, I think, one of our best weekends, uh, considering how things have been and considering most of the sports are recovering from COVID. So I think it was a fairly good, good event. And I think the numbers are building up and we hope next year will be much better than this year. Uh, you have got, of course, Jamhuri Park. Um, Hearing uh, from uh, Renzo Bernardi, of course, who's the president of uh, the Motorcycle Sport uh, Federation of Kenya, the new umbrella body, uh, they do want to talk to the Ministry of Sports in terms of trying to see how they can secure uh, Jamhuri Park. I guess f- from your point of view as chairman of the East Africa Motorsports Club, uh, you would like to be involved in that process to try and see how you can develop the track more. Uh, we've had uh, various discussions with the government, even the previous government, on uh, being given this thing as for a long lease. Because it's only that way that uh, we can get even our sponsors maybe to do more permanent structures or more permanent development. It is something working on with the former government and we hope to take it to the next level on this government. Uh, personally, I had a meeting with the current uh, PS, Mr. Jonathan Mweke, and he said once they settle down, it's something we can look into. Um, in terms of the competition, uh, it was always going to be difficult to catch up with Uganda. Uh, you know, they had the riders uh, in Uganda, but you must be impressed with how this weekend went for the Kenyans. Uh, this weekend was quite good for the Kenyans, especially considering just come after the backdrop. We had a, a trainer from South Africa, Mr. Shannon Trebalance, who has been here for over two weeks training the boys, and you could actually see the improvement in the young lads. This is something we want to push into the new year, have more trainers coming from outside so the young boys uh, can, in, uh, can improve in their skills and I hope this will improve motor cycling in Kenya. 
we're seeing in the MX-50 class and the MX-65s, uh, two of the biggest classes, that there are always uh, boys and girls who are coming into that class. The trick really for you now is to try and keep them, uh, particularly when they're leaving high school, uh, you know, going on to university. Uh, th that's uh, really when you're bleeding riders. Uh, that uh, transition, or is it attrition? We've been suffering from that attrition. But for us, I think for once, we have very big classes in 50 and 65 uh, who have currently joined the, the sport. So even if in case of attrition, I think we won't suffer as we've been suffering before. The sport is generally growing both for boys and for the ladies. So I think this attrition issue become a thing of the past looking forward. Jamhuri has always been the center of motocross, uh, but it's good to see you going to places like Vipingo. Yes, it's uh, always been the center of motocross. Uh, Vipingo, we had had last year as a fundraise. This year now we put it in the calendar. Uh, we are hoping to do the same for Nakuru. We used to go to Nakuru some time back, but the track there doesn't is no longer in use. So, But it's something we are planning to do in the coming year. We want to have another place just to alternate and, have, and get the riders have different experiences in different parts of the country. We see in Uganda uh, motorsport in general taken very, very seriously, and motocross is no different. Uh, they are also developing facilities, uh, you know, with, with the riders as well. Uh, we're seeing that their standards are improving. Uh, we have a bit of difference the way the Ugandans do it. We have one group on out, outside Kampala whereby we have a person who has a personal track and his boys ride internationally and he has opened his track to other riders. That is something we don't have in Kenya. In Uganda, I think, I don't know, sports maybe are more taken, I don't, I don't want to put the word seriously, but like motocross, they have serious sponsorship for people. All these uh, sports is an issue of once you get the sponsorship, then you get the, the spectators and then the sponsors see the, the, the spectators and then they put more money in it. So it's an issue of an egg and chicken thing. And it's something we are working on. Definitely our, our, our people are growing. The spectators is, are growing. We've talked to a few sponsors, who, but this year they said most of their budgets have been exhausted. And in the new year, we hope to get more sponsorship and permanent sponsorship. Finally, a big challenge with sports in Kenya is the issue of duty and tax on sports equipment. Uh, I'm sure you'd like to pursue that more with the new government in terms of uh, reducing or even removing tax on sports equipment? Uh, for motocross, we are lucky that the government has already wavered that, but we have not put it into practice. I think now we need to put it in practice. That was the last year or last year, but one, but we've not been able to exploit that, uh, that channel for importing stuff for motocross. So this is something we are going to pursue in the new year. The only thing, it, it works better if, if maybe you're able to buy the bikes together, but when you pursue it one bike at a time, it becomes a bit tedious. So it's something as an organization, as a leadership of the sport, we want to pursue in the new year. Mutai, thank you so much for speaking to us on Motorsport 411. Thank you so much, Sean Cadavillis. Hope to see you next time. That's the event director for the CAC Regional Motocross, Mutai Warithi. We'll be back. Motorsports 411 with Sean Cardavillis. So that wraps up the final show of 2022. Our thanks once again to Ivan Smith, the Onka Kelsey, Renzo Bernardi, and Mutai Warithi. Our thanks as always to Big City Studio. I'm Sean Cardavillis. See you in 2023.